Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Ed Hallback Show, where we tell life stories with sarcasm, smart-ass remarks, and we have awesome guests. And speaking of awesome guests, I'm kind of on a roll here. Today, I'm bringing back Chef Rob, who we talked with last late February, March, about grilling, etc. And today, we're talking turkey with Chef Rob. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be back. And uh, it's that time of year. It's turkey time. It, it is turkey time. And you see all the jokes, you know, on social media about, I saw one the other day with a Santa Claus laying down and the turkey behind him and says, <laughs> wait, fat boy, it's my turn first. You know, yeah. Thanksgiving's yeah. kind of an overlooked holiday, but we never overlook the food. We are, uh, we are consumers and the turkey, the stuff in the turkey puts us to sleep. What is that called? Do you, do you know what it is? It's just a turkey nap where I come from, but uh, oh, okay, yeah, there's no. there's a scientific name for the chemical or whatever that's in there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the minute I say it, it'll be the wrong one, and I'll get jumped on by a bunch of people. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'll let you ramble because <laughs> you are the chef, I am the consumer. Fresh or frozen, and why? Yeah, so. It's probably a subtle difference, but, um, you know, being a chef, always fresh. Um, two things to watch out for with fresh, though. They will uh, have a higher moisture content, so they will cook faster. So if you buy fresh, almost every recipe you're going to look up online or the one you've got on the index card from grandma or whatever, um, it's probably going to have a longer cook time because a lot of the turkeys from these classic recipes were frozen. So fresh, higher moisture will cook faster. So something to keep uh, tabs on. Um, fresh turkeys also can have a little bit more gamier flavor because they haven't been through that process. Um, and they're, they're just kind of handled differently uh, as they're growing up, getting ready for the big day. Uh, so, you know, again, fresh slaughter day. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, the big day. Uh, I, you know, again, coming from the kitchen, fresh is always best. But um, you know, there is some things to factor there. And if you're not a big fan of that, like slightly gamey flavor, and you like just that more chickeny turkey, um, you know, frozen is is a perfectly fine product. I don't think there's a big difference, but um, you know, turkeys tend to be dry. <laughs> uh, yeah. They they they're big. They take a long time to cook. They're easy to uh, sort of. Uh, take a little bit too far and if you are going to go fresh you got to have an extra set of uh sort of attention set to just making sure that it doesn't go too far it doesn't carry and that you just you know, are cooking at the right temperature and things like that turkey tends to be dry like some people's humor hey oh that some, was bad some, right some people like it that way <laughs> i should i should enter a drum roll in after that uh edit but, that in. yeah thank you yeah okay so next question grilled deep fat Fried, I think they call it, in one of the turkey boilers that you put outside and put real flame to it. Or oven, talk to me. Again, I got to go classic on this one. And maybe it's just like the holiday enthusiast in me, but um, I'm always going to go roasted. Um, I could get behind, you know, not necessarily roasting a full bird, just doing the cage or even, you know, like the boneless. You see some of that stuff, but... I love a good roasted bird. I mean, it just, it, it's going to maintain that moisture. Um, you know, yeah, the deep frying is fun and things like that. Uh, certainly, I mean, for me, I, I, I feel like I'm going to get some comments, but definitely not grilled, definitely not broken down into smaller pieces and things like that. Like, you know, it's just got such good, um, 
good flavor when you roast it all together. You've got all those bones adding the flavor. You're maintaining the moisture of all of that nice lean meat. Um, so to break it down, eh, to grill it, not for me. Um, but yeah, I, you know, again, roasting, uh, whether it's just the cage, uh, a boneless version, but again, I'm a purist. So put that baby in their hole, uh, roast it high first and then turn that temperature down and let it finish. So high first for how long? I'm, I'm, I'm a consumer, not a cook. Yeah. So good question. I, I would say between 425, 475 on, uh, depending on the strength of your oven or, you know, the age of your oven uh, tends to be a, a metric there as well, but, uh, high heat generally for about 20 to 30 minutes, again, kind of just gauging on your oven and your bird. Um, you really just are looking to get that skin nice and golden brown and crisp up first. And then we turn it down, uh, roughly about 350. And then let it finish. Let it take that journey at 350. I don't cover. I don't. I don't like the cover method. You can certainly do it if you take it too far, or if your oven got too hot, or you opened it too many times, or whatever can happen. But for me, it's about let's just say 450, right in the middle. Call it about 30 minutes. Nice GBD, golden brown and delicious. And then we turn that oven down to about 350. And you know, I mean. It's going to take probably 10 to 12 hours, depending on, on the time. Uh, if you have a huge bird and then, you know, you're down in that six to eight hours, if you have like a medium bird, but the key is just internal temperature. You want to find that, that sort of spot between the, the thigh, the leg and that cage. And you want about a nice 170. Um, you can let a bird go a little further than, you know, like uh, typically poultry would be about 165 degrees to finish. You can let a turkey go to about 170 because they're so thick, you're not going to get that extra uh, dryness that you would take in, uh, say, like a chicken hole uh, to 170. So 170 degrees is the temperature you want to watch. And I have a feeling your next question is going to be about that little silly red, uh, <laughs> red, red, whatever that is. That the little red there. button on the butterball uh, hotline and that you call them up and say, my red button didn't pop. What do I do? It's been in there forever. I'll tell you, the best thing to do with those red, whatever they are, probes is to take it out and throw it in the trash. Uh, get yourself a good thermometer. It's worth the money. It's worth the investment. A good digital thermometer, um, you know, with a large enough probe where you can get into a turkey. Um, you know, you see a lot of these meat thermometers. They're big. They're clunky. They lose their calibration pretty easy. So, you know, I, I would say chuck that red button in the trash, take it out if it was uh, pre-inserted for you, get yourself a good digital thermometer, make sure it's calibrated before you cook your bird because, you know, five, 10 degrees can make a big difference. And those uh, thermometers can get, you know, sort of out of whack if they sat in the drawer, you know, for a whole year uh, until the last time you cooked the turkey. So that would be my suggestion. Uh, and then, you know, you're just monitoring 170. You can start to kind of feel the bird when it's getting, um, you know, less when, when you push on it, you know, you want to feel that give and you can kind of get an idea and you just check it from time to time. I try to check it in the same spot. You're just looking for that nice 170 and sort of like the hardest spot spot to cook, which would be between the, the leg thigh and that uh, cage where the breast is. Okay. So I went after we talked last spring and bought a wireless, uh, um, thermometer and I can watch it on my phone even and, even better the probe style. but i've only used it once and now you just this conversation reminded me it's it's somewhere in this place 
It's probably underneath your grill in the garage, packed away. So we'll remove no. the cover. <laughs> no, my grill sits out twenty four seven in a cover enclosed uh, stone area, and it's three to four steps out my back door because I I use it kind of year round. Well, get out there and grab that probe because you're gonna you're gonna use it for your turkey, and it you know it's just peace of mind. Uh, those are and that's a great call out. Those probe ones. You know, because the, what happens is you open the oven, right? You check it, you stick it somewhere. Uh, then you come back, you open the oven again. Every time you do that, the bird's losing, you know, some of its sort of like path to being cooked. Uh, you're letting that heat out of the oven. And, and a lot of the ovens that people have in their homes aren't set for being opened, you know, multiple times. And people tend to panic, right? Like it's the holidays, family's coming over. I'm going to check this thing 15, 20 times to make sure that it's good. So um, that's a great recommendation that those probe uh, thermometers that are still like a nice digital thermometer, you kind right. of set it in there. And it, it like, like you said, I believe it just comes right on your phone, right? You yeah. Yeah. I got, I got the, the app on my phone and I can watch football and I can set it for an alarm. So I don't have to pay attention to it, but even uh, better, <laughs> I'll use it for the second time. Right. There right. you go. Well, unless I don't know, my wife is going to do the cooking for Thanksgiving. Uh, so, um, I don't know if she'll want me to mess with her system. You could insert the thermometer and then just keep a tab on it on your phone <laughs> quietly while you're watching I, the phone. You know what, Rob? She's going to listen to this. Uh-oh. Busted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're over there checking your phone like, uh, we might want to check the turkey. <laughs> I'm just like a millennial. My phone is right here all the time, right, right beside me. And it's like, Really, Ed, you have to do that. But anyway, anyway, okay. Uh, what else do I have? I was going to ask you about. Oh, do, do you make it ahead or do you make it the day? And here's the reason why I'm asking this. My mother used to make it ahead of time and cut it off the bone. And she waited for the red button, by the way, because she followed the rules. Yep. Then she would lay it all in a ceramic pan and put pads of butter between it. And then the day of uh, uh, that we all tend to overeat here in this country, she would put it in the oven till all the butter melted. And it was absolutely delicious. And she didn't have mm -hmm. to do the carving and the mess in the kitchen. Talk to me. What do you say? There's nothing wrong with that at all. I would say the main metric for that uh, would be what's your comfortability in the kitchen that day? Um, again, you know, coming from a chef perspective, Cooking it fresh the day of, letting it rest and carving it uh, right, you know, after it has some time to rest coming into the oven is always going to be slightly better. Uh, but, you know, sort of like that, uh, we would call this restaurant style or banquet style pre uh, preparation. Uh, cooking it, say, 80% of the way, 85% of the way, leaving a little bit of moisture in there and a little bit to finish uh, carving it, putting into your pieces. You, you know, you've got your leg, your thigh, uh, your cage, whether you take it off the bone or not. Um, you know, and that butter, uh, great touch, you know, and just having it kind of peace of mind, it's ready to go, you know, do you lose a little moisture? Maybe, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's, it's totally fine. But for me, it comes down to what is your comfortability in the kitchen and multitasking and managing the stress that naturally is that day stress of stress shows uh, up in that. 
Yeah, and you never know, you know, uncle whatever is doing something wild and, you know, the kids are running crazy and, you know, power goes out. You just never know. So if you're comfortable in those situations, I would always lean towards cooking the day of, uh, you know, but you got to get up early. And, you know, a lot of times people are doing like the lunch brunch thing. Um, So, yeah, uh, again, it's more of a metric of like what's your comfortability in the kitchen. And I do believe that day of is probably just the, the best, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh understanding you know like i love this uh you know the scripture like by the grace of god there go i you got to kind of see yourself coming right like you got to know that i get stressed on this day so let me just make sure i cook this bird perfectly the day before it's still going to be fantastic and all i got to do is turn my oven on pop it in and let it finish cooking um and there's you know again i I think that's a great technique if you want to take some of the stress away from the day or just enjoy that day a little bit more than being stuck in the kitchen, which let's be honest, like somebody almost always gets stuck in the kitchen. You said, you said your wife's going to be in there. Uh, you know, so again, like it's, it's more of just a place of like what, what fits you best, your character best and, and the, what, what you want out of the day best, because your cooking, uh, quality is, is, you know, it's such a small give and take that it's really just about peace of mind. Well, doesn't everybody congregate in the kitchen? Oh, man. That's the other. Well, I mean, but that's stressful, too. Like, uh, dear Lord, if my wife, uh, <laughs> if she had 10, 15 people in the kitchen while she was trying to cook uh, a turkey, you know, the stress levels would be through the roof. So she would probably, you know, if if, if that were, it's not going to be, but if that were her gig, uh, you know, she would definitely lean into that. Like, let's just cook it yesterday uh make sure that it was good yesterday and just you know we just got to slide it in the oven and we can socialize and you know worry about gravy and some other things okay all right that sounds good so you talked earlier about you know do you just do a turkey breast or do you do the turkey loaf or do you do the whole bird i know you're a traditionalist you're going to do the whole bird you're going to do it the way your ancestors did. And I'm only talking back a few <laughs> generations, not not way back when they use wood to the, heat the first them. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So um, it, what is that personal preference? Yeah, I mean, personal preference. Listen, uh, if you're making a turducken, you're just kind of having fun with it at that juncture. If you're, you know, doing some of the, you know, kind of odd things, uh, you know, you're grinding it up or you're, you know, beer can turkey or what, who knows, uh, you know, there's so many wacky recipes out there, you know, again, obviously you're right. Like a traditionalist, I would put the bird in whole, but, um, I, I think it's more of like, what's the spirit of the day, right? Like cooking is also, you know, it's about food, but it's also about like, what's the experience that you're trying to create. If you're trying to have a fun, like offbeat, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, maybe you could do something slightly different, you know, I mean, you do that turducken, you do the deep fry, you do some of those things. Um, but as far as like quality of food go, I almost would never, um, I, I would never just like eight piece of turkey. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut the breast off and then do each one individually or sear it. I would take the entire cage. I would take the whole legs or I would keep it, um, you know, you could do boneless and and sort of lay it out flat and roast it, but that would be about as far as I go. And that really just comes from a place of quality. I just think, you know, you have so much lean meat there that has such a tendency to be dry that anytime you start to cut it into like individual pieces and try to like grill it or turn it into something else or wrap it in something, uh, although bacon wrapped turkey sounds kind of good. (laughs) Um, 
you know, you're just that you're you're making it more challenging unless you're doing it for a very specific person uh, purpose. Like we're having bacon wrapped Thanksgiving. Let's go. All right. So do you stuff your bird or unstuff it <clears throat> or do you just do toast stovetop and another uh, uh, pan on the on a different burner? Uh, did you were you referring to stovetop stuffing there? You should have seen, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this because <laughs> I don't have a face for TV. So that's why it's just audio. But we are recording this via Zoom. And you should have seen the look on his face when I said to stove top stuffing. I don't, hey, listen, it's I don't think Stoffords is going to send any money my way now for, for bringing no, it. No, no. Hey, listen, to each their own, but uh, not for me. Uh, it's it's decent, but uh, uh, so no, I I personally don't like to stuff the bird. Uh, it's just like a texture flavor thing, um, and and I like to just kind of like do this like more boutique uh, stuffing on the stove, like in a pot myself. Um, excuse me, and be able to you know just incorporate a little bit more flavors, manage the cook. You know, again, like when you're cooking something like a stuffing it's very easy for like the celery or the carrots or the onion and things like that to just kind of get mush. If you're baking it inside True. of the Turkey. Yeah. You get this extra bonus of like all the drippings coming in and all the stuff that's happening from the Turkey. But uh, for me, I'd rather control that process on the stovetop and just again, like, like let the Turkey kind of do its thing on its own. Um, with that being said, I would definitely pull those, uh, you know, the giblets out and all of that stuff and use those in the gravy. Uh, so stuffing separate, gravy separate, you know, turkey whole, if, if I had to pick. All right. Well, we appreciate your opinion on that. So here's the deal. I think we have 10 people coming to our house, three of which are under 10. Um, how big a bird do I need? Rule of thumb is about a pound per person. Uh, you could probably lump uh, the kids in there a little bit, but the other thing is, yeah, uh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, yeah, uh, well. chicken tenders, something like that. Uh, uh, here, Here's my granddaughter, uh, carrots and ketchup and a little bit of ranch. Hey, listen. Why? Dip it, I, I dip it in something. I like it. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> I, um, I would say about a pound per person. This Thanksgiving's another one of those, like, just go overboard days for me. I mean, turkeys are relatively cheap. Um, you know, and sometimes you, they don't have them. So you just get the, you know, get the bigger bird uh, is always safer. The bigger bird's going to cook a little bit longer, a little bit slower, uh, will likely um, hold its moisture a little bit better. But um, yeah, about a pound, pound and a quarter per person. If, because people just, I mean, what do you do at Thanksgiving? You build this massive, huge plate, you eat, maybe half of it sometimes, or you go back up for seconds. Uh, so, you know, I like to just make sure there's always plenty. And then you don't have to stress about carving either. If you have a big enough bird, you know, you're in there trying to make sure you're getting everything, you know, and all of it, you know, you just kind of lop off the, uh, you know, the cage, the, the breast on the left side, the breast on the right side, you slice it up. You don't have to worry too much about it. The bigger the bird, the less the stress kind of thing. But about Ooh. a pound, pound and a quarter per person. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Let's see. What else was I going to ask you to cover or not cover? We talked about that. We covered that. Ha ha. Funny, funny. Uh, but hey. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just uh, doing the drums for you. 
Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, baking temperature. We talked about that one. What was it? One seventy or so. See, I'm not taking notes. I have to edit this and then re-listen to it. So, uh, but then I'm not cooking either. So, uh, oh, wild bird or domestic? I mean, you, uh, you keep your gunpowder dry. Go out with your musket, ram some gunpowder in, put a ball in there, and take a shot. I mean, if you really like gamey, then sure, more power to you. But I think, uh, you know, just head to the Target, to the grocery store, whatever it is, the Aldi's, and, and you know, get something that's either fresh or frozen that comes from a big name brand, uh, and you're probably going to do fine. Um, you know, I mean, if I was really, really going after it, I would look for like um, a local butcher shop or something that's uh, found a way to procure some, you know, local farmer or something like that that's got some local birds. I think that would be like the most ideal situation. But okay. uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with just going and getting the old butter ball from uh, Target pull, or whatever. And pull the red plug or pull the just red. Get rid of that red plug. Just yeah, throw yeah. that okay. right away. All right. A few more questions here. What what about what's the what's a good way to season it and how do you season it? Good. Yeah. Good question. You, anyway, because you're going to give me your opinion and everybody's got grandma's recipe. And then some people just are going to see what happens. Go. So I love to brine my turkeys. And one oh, of okay. my secrets is to use tea uh, because tea has that sort of so like a, either a sweet tea or just a dark tea. Um, it's got that dark amber color. If you brine your turkey, so tea, salt, you can put a little bit of sugar in there. You can put some rosemary, some garlic, things like that. Brine your turkey for about a day, 24 hours in tea. And you can brew tea. Uh, you can just sort of, uh, you know, go buy some Lipton or whatever. But that tea color will sort of absorb into the skin. And when it cooks up, it'll kind of give you a little cheater, orange, uh, golden brown, delicious glow uh, and, a, and a cool flavor. So I, I like to brine about 24 hours in a tea or tea-like uh, type uh, brine. And then I just salt pepper. You could I can get behind a little bit of like the fresh herbs, but a lot of that herb stuff tends to kind of just overbake, overcook. So I just like to go with like some dry seasoning mix. I'm salt and pepper, um, but you know, salt, pepper, uh, some sort of like dried herb or herb salt mix. You see a lot of those at the stores. There are a lot of good ones like the garlic pink Himalayan salt or something like that. Um, but the key is whatever salt mixture uh, or dry, dry uh, mix that you pick, just put it on there liberally because it's a lot of bird underneath a very little bit of surface. And when you go to cut in and, and when those flavors go to absorb in, um, you know, you want sort of extra, you're almost making like a crust uh, or like borderline between like, if you're not asking yourself, did I put too much on? You probably didn't put enough. Um, so do you, if do you like, and I've done this in the past when I put them on a Weber grill, um, do you like use olive oil and and put all your salt and pepper and whatnot on that? And that way you can uh, get a little bit of evenness to putting it on, or is that just the way it works? Olive oil is a perfectly good one. Um, I would probably go something a little higher smoke point just because the bird's going to be in there a little bit. So like a canola or a vegetable oil just for this particular project because it's going to be in the oven for you know eight to 12 hours. Um, if you're wet brining, like we talked about with the tea, a lot of times you can just pat it dry and just very lightly oil, um, and if, if at all, and the, and the spice mixture will stick to it. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, both are fine. Uh, you know, you see some recipes with like the, oh, I use mayo butter mix and I rub it and, you know, then I stick to it or, you know, maybe some sort of like, it's almost like barbecue in the way where like people will like uh, rub a brisket with mustard in order to get the uh, the seasoning to stick. And you could certainly do things like that. But again, I think just like some of the leftover brine uh, or some oil and just liberal seasoning is probably the best way to go. And you want to season it with enough time where it can kind of sit, draw a little bit of that moisture out, and then the seasoning kind of dries back in. Um, you know, again, I think the tendency is to, you know, season it and then throw the thing right in the oven and then just, you know, hope it works out. Uh, so you want to brine it 24 hours in advance. You want to dry it, pat it dry, and you want to season it, you know, give it give it an hour or so uh, before it's ready to go in the oven so that it has some time to let those flavors sort of meld in. All right. Well, that all makes sense. Rob, I got one more question for you yet today. Um, how long do the leftovers last in the refrigerator? <laughs> Not that people eat them, but like three days, five days, a week later, are they, are they good? Are you going to get sick from it or, you know, what? Yeah. I mean, if we're being scientific about it, four days, um, you know, four to four to seven days max. Um, but you know, I mean, a standard fridge at home, especially after Thanksgiving, people are coming in and out of there. Temperatures aren't holding exactly the way they should. Um, I would say about four to five days is really that sweet spot. You do start to see some like uh, bacterial growth uh, after about four to five days. That's in excess of what the health department would uh, allow a restaurant to reserve. So, you know, but listen, you find me a week after Thanksgiving and some good turkey in there and some bread. I'm going to make a sandwich. Uh, that's just right. me. But you might, might give it a smell first or something. But uh, yeah, about four to five days, I think, is my max. All right, cool. Well, I have learned a lot talking turkey with Chef Rob today. you have any uh, parting words you'd like to say to my listeners? I think one last thing, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Grave, gravy. Oh, yeah. Every, Every turkey comes with that pack of giblets, or most, I should say, it comes with the pack of giblets um, and the neck. That yep. is the most underutilized pack or part of a, every turkey that you get. Take some chicken stock, take some turkey stock or turkey broth from the store, braise that neck and pick that meat off of there. It is worth it. Put some of those giblets in there with some celery and some onions and some carrots and make yourself a nice like neck stock pick the meat off the neck and blend that thing up uh and and thicken it up and that is uh, just like we literally call it neck gravy um it's it's one of the most underutilized parts of the turkey um and a lot of times people just throw those giblets out you don't have to put the giblets in i think it adds a cool flavor but uh try braising that neck and always use the dripping so if you make a great gravy Leave a little bit of room uh, in your thickness uh, of the gravy to pour those drippings in because those drippings have all the flavor of all the bones and all that good stuff in there. And so you want to make sure to use the drippings. And my recommendation, if you haven't tried it before, is take the neck, you know, search a good, uh, you know, sort of like braised neck gravy recipe and give it a try because that meat that's around the neck uh, in gravy is to die for. Absolutely wow. fa fantastic. You sold me on that. I'm going to have to uh, see if I can <laughs> talk my wife into trying that, right? Well, maybe that's your side job there, football and neck gravy. Or I have your phone number so I could have her send you a text. <laughs> and I've, I've got a recipe right. for that. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for uh, being on the show again. I really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, 
Thank you for listening to my show for now over a hundred episodes I've got out there. Uh, wow. I know that can be a little much, but I try and keep them around the 20 minute mark. We might've went over a little bit today, but you know, it is a holiday. So this, this, uh, you know, you got three days now to come up with a plan that chef Rob told us about Rob. Thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure. And until uh, next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, edit at hallback.com. Send me your email. I'll send you an uplifting quote 365 days a year unless I forget one or two. And it's something that I need to remind myself of constantly. I won't sell your address. I'll PCC it so nobody will get it. With that being said, happy Thanksgiving all. Bye-bye. <laughs>